Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. Hallelujah. It's time to turn it around. I love it. God can turn it around. Sometimes the path that we choose, we feel like it's too late. But as long as there's breath in your body, it's not too late. You can always call on the Lord and he'll turn it around. Amen? What a blessing. Pray with me for a moment as God began to bless us with the word of God this morning and to open our hearts and our minds and our eyes and help us to see him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together this morning as we come to worship you, as we come to thank you. Uh, Father, as we come to get what you have for each of us, bless our hearts now and strengthen us, O oh God. Bless those, O oh God, that are with us online as well as in person. And Father, those who may not be able to see, hear, understand anything this morning, we know, dear God, that someone will share with them and lift their spirits. Father, we thank you and give you all the praise. Now, Father, that one that is here but don't know you as a Savior, touch them, move on them, that they may come to know you. Father, those that do know you but may not have a church home, Father, help them to see us that way for their church home. And Lord, we give you all the praise. But Father, thank you, oh God, for just being with us, for we come to worship you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank God for you. As you're standing this morning, we want to come from Matthew chapter 7, initially from verses 7 uh, I'm sorry, chapter 7, verses 21 through 33, but we actually started 13 to 21. So we're going to begin at verse 13 of chapter 7 of Matthew, and then we're going forward. So if you would turn to me, with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, and then we'll go from there. Give you a moment to find it, and then we'll go. All right, your moment is up. Hope you have it. Amen. Matthew says, beginning at 13, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits... You will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. 
May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. You may take your seats. The topic today begs the question in its title, which gate leads to eternal life? Started to name this or rename it to road trip. But really it is a road trip. But you have to have and be on the right road. And from Matthew's gospel here in the seventh chapter from 24 on to 27, Jesus speaks to his audience, including you and me today. He hoped that we would hear and heed his words. He would say they are wise if we heeded his words. But those who do not heed the Lord's word, he would say that they are foolish. And he gives us some examples of what he means in this text. He talks to us about two kinds of roads and gates. He talks to us about two kinds of trees and fruit. And he talks to us about two kinds of foundations and builders. But we'll be interested in the first two, the roads and the fruit, and those who propose to be Christians. And as we go through this, we'll have three pieces that you want to put your mind to. They're very short. The first point is which gate? The second point is roadblocks at the gate. And lastly, entrance to the gate. The Lord describes two entrances into heaven. The narrow gate or straight gate, which leads to life. And the wide gate that leads to destruction. You may be a little bit confused at the moment, but I pray that you will get it clear. You can begin to think about these in terms of the way that our culture is geared. It has not just started, it's always been that way, but it's actually began to expand and move faster than Superman in the speed of light. And many people are on that wrong road. Which road are you on? It's all right, it's wonderful if you come to worship, that's wonderful. But even as you come and be in this place, you can be on the wrong road. So many people will come and expect that God will forgive them because they came to the worship place. No, no, it doesn't work that way. Many people feel that if I can just get to the house of God, everything's going to be all right and I'm good to go. Well, you're already gone, so it's not good to go anymore. But how sad it is for some people to spend most of their lives chasing roads that lead to nowhere. Y'all drive, I'm sure you drive, and then you kind of mess you up when you're in a city that you don't really know too well, and you miss your turn even by the GPS. Oh, the GPS is wrong. But I guarantee you, if you're on the right road with God, you will never be concerned about that. He gives specific instruction that we are passing, if we are doing God's will specifically, we'll be all right. How sad it is for so many to be on the wrong road, that they are just there going nowhere, people who are talking loud and saying nothing and believing a lie, camouflaged with false hopes of entering to salvation. Many people want to come to the house of God and expect God to receive them as they are. On one hand, that's true, but then on the other hand, you have to give something yourself. If you come and you don't know the Lord, the whole gist of it is you need to know the Lord for yourself. I don't mean you know him in the book. You've got to know him in your heart. 
And to get him in your heart is where God wants you to be. The narrow gate suggests that one must accept salvation on God's terms. How many people that you know, even you, think that you can do whatever you want and God will be satisfied with you? No, not going to happen. God has his own specific way, and we'll talk about that in a moment. And it's specific. It never changes. And oftentimes people will tell you different things to get you out of your frustration and your confinement and it doesn't work, and then you back on the road going nowhere. But narrow suggests that one must accept God's salvation on his terms. On the other hand, those who seek to enter God's kingdom on their turn would not enter, and they will be turned away. I wonder sometimes when I do a funeral and people are talking about how wonderful their loved one was. No doubt about that, and that's fine. But do, you know, do they know Jesus? Did they know him? Everyone wants our loved ones to know Jesus after they're dead. Well, it's too late. I want to know today, do you know him? Some of us can fool ourselves that, well, I know the Lord. Well, you know his name is Jesus. You know that he's the son of God. And he was a good guy. Well, I think the last one you could scratch off the list. He was not a good guy. He is God. And he's mighty and awesome. There are some of you who are rich or well off materially. You think that's going to be the ticket to heaven. It's really the ticket to frustration because you're always wondering about who's trying to take your, your coins. I know I'm talking to somebody. We wash our car on Sunday when you should wash it before you came to church. We cut our grass on Sunday when you ought to cut it on Saturday. We attend to all kinds of other things, but your life you don't attend to. I can't go today because it looks like it's going to rain. You know it don't rain in South Central Texas. <laughs> so that excuse is out the book. You see, the folks that have that kind of mentality, it's okay if you're well off materially. It's fine. But what is better is that you know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and that you're living for him. But those that have all of these wonderful things, I'm not saying you can't have them. God bless you. Praise God. But they cannot buy their way into God's heaven. No one can. Remember the rich young ruler? We talked about it sometime. Listen to the conversation that Jesus had with him and notice his response as the young ruler initiates the conversation. God doesn't. Jesus doesn't. It's the, the ruler. Here he says in Luke 18, 18 through 23. Now, Jesus kind of lays it out for us. Now, a certain ruler asked him, Jesus, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, Jesus says. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And the man said, all these things I kept from my youth. And so when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you will lack one thing. You still lack one thing. All those other things are good, but you lack the main thing. We ought to let the main thing be the main thing. And he said, sell all that you have, distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. It's not about his good, but it's at the end that he's talking about. Come, follow me. Not, not go follow your material thing. No, no, no. Come, follow me. Some of us are entrapped by the thing that we have. God blessed you to have them, but he didn't have you to have them, that it have you. 
We all we have our stuff, but our stuff have us. So we can't come and worship. We can't come in Bible study. We can't come in Sunday school. We can't do what God would have us to do. Yet you proceed in your idea that I love Jesus. How can you love Jesus but do not do the thing that he said? I think they'll be in the back. Y'all got it, but over in the front, and y'all didn't get that. How can you love the Lord and don't do what he said? I love participating preaching. Praise God. But at the end of 23, but then this, this is really important. But when he heard this, this is the young ruler, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. We become very sorrowful when the, 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 the thing to pull us to God, we don't want to do because we don't want to leave our stuff. You know the fastest growing industry in America? Storage. Give us chance to go visit our stuff. Storage. We need to break a loose from that and come and praise God. Our material goods cannot and will not grant you or me or anybody entrance through the narrow gate. So many people, including some of you, listen to me today, do not realize that you are traveling down the wrong road, that wide road which leads to destruction. You may be thinking, what do you mean destruction? You cannot get into heaven. When we die, we go to the place that we are already prepared to go. You can fool us anytime, but you can't fool God no time. You can fool yourself. I go to church every Sunday. I do thus and such. And I give money, blah, 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 blah. But do you give your life to Christ? Many of, us, many of us are afraid. I was afraid before I got saved. I was afraid if I give up my, my friends. I didn't need them anyway. I didn't know that at the time. I, I lose that kind of companionship. But then my pastor told me, son, you're going to have more friends than you ever thought you would have. And it's the family of God. What a blessing that is. When people were talking about me, they're not my friend, but I still love them anyhow. Why? I got this relationship with God who tells me to love one another. It's the one another in the church, but we got to love those who are out of the church. Two things that jack us up, amen. One is folk in the church and some folk out the church. But you can't let that knock you off your road. You got to stay with God. Always stay with God. It's going to get tough sometimes. It's going to get rough sometimes. Many people fall out of ministry because it gets difficult with difficult people. But God is able to bless us. God is able to move us. God is able to help us. God is able to take the road for us. God will hold our hand. He's got my back. God will do it. You just stay with him. If you seek to enter into eternal life, you will discover roadblocks. That's our next point. There are always roadblocks in Christ. Though sometimes you're trying to go to church and folk want to visit you on Sunday morning and didn't even call you up. You try to get your clothes on. What? Praise God. Jesus' warning is clear on how to navigate the way to him through the following verses. But we've got to deal with the roadblocks at the gate. And this is how you have to be doing it. Because, you see, if you're in Christ and the word of God is in you, you can't get the word of God by osmosis. 
Oh, yeah, you can read your Bible, but we need to be with one another. We need to hear the word of God, and we need to listen to the preacher that shared the word of God, the preacher that loved Jesus, because in some of this right now, you're going to see some roadblocks that some of you are not able and willing to deal with. The first verse tells us that beware of false prophets. In this world, they think, Brother John, we got some false prophets that hang around the church that look like, act like, think they are Christians. You got them all over the place that talk in your ear and tell you all kind of stuff and pulling you away from your fellowship and your fellowship with God and one another. Oh, come on, somebody. Oh, they sound like, but everything sounds like don't look like Jesus. So beware of false prophets. And listen, who come to you in sheep's clothes. They got the, they got the sheep clothes on. A wolf do not come uh, in our midst without having a camouflage. Sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they are ravenous wolves. Jesus knows how to put the words together to give us the example. And then he says, this is how you're going to know them, friends. 16, you will know them by their fruit or fruits. You may be wondering, what in the world is fruits? And he gives an example. He's not really talking about actual grapes and things like that. He's talking about their works, the thing that they propose to grab your attention. They sound seriously spiritual. They throw out some words mixed with some clay. They, in word, they got some Jesus and they got some, some dirt. They're going to throw it in together to make it look all good, like a pancake. Come on, talk to them. And one says, you know they lied, but it just sounds so good. Why? Because you don't want to get the real word. The real word scares you half to death. The real word gets at your heart and begins to move in you. The real word causes you to think, man, I need to get my life right. So you go talk to these false folks. You got them in the church. Right here, right now. And this is how God says we ought to know them. And he says, and he gives us those examples that a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit, and all of that in verse 19. Every tree that does not bear fruit, good fruit, is cut down and thrown into the fire. That means destruction. But 20 lays it out. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. First thing, you ought to pray. But listen, we got some word for you. We're going to get that in a moment. But therefore, just listen to that. Jesus speaks to the travelers on this narrow road about roadblocks that lay just ahead. The roadblocks are false preachers. I'm just waiting for y'all to say amen. <laughs> y'all got some preachers that y'all like to listen to. You better, you better do what I'm going to tell you in a minute. And listen, they got these false preachers and false teachers of the gospel who try and block the way by spreading false teaching. With so many saying they are from God, how can we tell the difference? It is by the fruit that they bear. Listen. First John spells it out. First John 4, 1 through 5. Read it for yourself later on. First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Beloved, John says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many people are on television, they're on social media, all over the place, telling you how to do it. Send you stuff in the, on your email. Some of it is good, but a lot of it is terrible. Sometimes you may think they'd already hacked your email address. 
and we listen to these folk, and then you get pulled away. All they want from you is your money, and therefore your soul is extended. They want your attention. God is trying to tell us, listen to him. If you don't believe anybody, get into the word of God yourself. Ask the Lord, Lord, what should I do? Stop asking other folks. Ask God. He's the one. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come into the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard from uh, was coming and now already in the world right now. You are of God, little children, John says, and have overcome them because he is in you. And this is important. Greater is he, God, in us than he, the devil, in the world. Why? Because God is God. His word is true. My friends, that ends that part about the blockers at the gate. But now the entrance to the gate. And Jesus says this. Please pay attention. Not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a continuation. People today, you talk to them, they, they almost sound convincing that they are Christian. They'll tell you, well, I'm a Christian businessman. What they got to do with Jesus? Are you still going to cheat me? If I'm your Christian, you're just going to be a Christian, and you're going to do what God says in the first place. If not, you're going to continue to tell a lie. Now listen, not everyone that says to the Lord, 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 shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he, this is who's going to accept, but he who does the will of my Father. And that's a tough one. We may be wondering, what is the will of God? The scripture tells me that God's will is, his will, not that it's going to happen to everybody, his will is that everyone be saved. That's his will. But not everyone's going to be saved. We've got too many people that's going to slide in and slide out. But if you know Christ, stay with God. Trouble is going to come. It's already coming. If you want to, I'll have the man strike it up and me and Alice will get with it and we'll be praying. Trouble don't last always. Why? Because God is directing our lives. We're going to have some difficult times, yes, but God already got it laid out. We're going to have some tough times and frustrations, but God is going to work it all out. We're going to have some times that we don't even feel like we believe no more, but God's got a way out. Things that get on your last nerve. You just can't seem to get it together. But I want you to stay with the Lord. I want you to get with, in prayer. Not only on Wednesday night. I want you to have prayer Monday, Tuesday, get on the Wednesday. Take on the bus for Thursday and take in Friday and get the train to Saturday and come by airplane to Sunday. Because God's going to work it out. He hears and answers prayer. When we begin to call on that name that's above every name and believe that God's going to work out your situation, he'll do it. I know he'll do it. I know it for myself. Can't nobody, somebody said, can do me like the Lord. You know, you can call him and you don't need a phone. You can call him, you don't need a computer. Oh, you can call him and his name is Jesus. And he said, if you call me, I'll answer you and tell you all kinds of things that, that you do not know. He's God. There's nobody like him. He's God. 
and he'll fix it in your life. He's God, and he'll work in your heart. He's God, he'll move the distraction. He's God, and he'll move the roadblock. He's God all by himself. You can call him today. You can call him tonight. You can call him right now. He will answer you because he's God. And he'll do it right now. Whatever, whatever your trouble is, whatever you're going through, whatever you're kind of fighting about, whatever, God will work it out. Oh, whatever. That may be troubling your heart. Maybe your marriage is going sour. God can work it out. Maybe your children going bad, but God can work it out. Maybe you just can't get it together, but God will work it out. I want you to know that he'll work it out. Call him up. Tell him what you want. Call him up. He'll work it out today. Can I get a witness? He'll do it. He'll do it. And he'll do it right now. You feel like you're on that wrong road. Tell him, I'm on the wrong road, Lord. I need you in my life. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You're always on my last nerve. But God, I need you. I need you. The enemy and the false preachers, the false teachers, I have you looking at them. Don't you do it. Look at him. Look at him. The Bible said, look unto Jesus, who is the author and finish of your faith. Look at him. Don't pay no mind to all of this. Look at him. Look up. Our salvation is coming. Look up. He's on the way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Don't be on that wide road. There's a lot of excitement, but it's false. Stay on the narrow road. Sometimes you may feel that it's a little boring, but I, want, I dare you to pray. I dare you to call on that name, the name that's above all names, Jesus, and he'll work it out. He'll work it out. He'll work it out. It's the will of God that that person, you, me, whomever, accept a sacrifice, his sacrifice on the cross six hours to more than 2,000 years ago for you and you and you and me. And he stayed there. Somebody saying it wasn't the nail that kept him up there. It wasn't the pegs in his hands, the pegs in his feet that kept him on the cross. It was love for you, you, and you and me. It was love. Can't nobody do it but Jesus. Get on the right road. And the right road is that narrow road where so many people are gearing away from. But I want you to know that it's the right road. You don't need no GPS. All you need is Jesus. You don't need to worry about stop signs. It's an expressway. Go right to the Lord. Yes, Lord. Bless his name. Bless his name. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mighty, mighty God. 
He's able. Sometimes it feels like I'm stuck and I can't get it together. But I'm here to tell you that God will unstick you and then bless your heart. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Get on the right road. If you feel that you're on the wrong road, call him up and say, Lord, I want to be on the right road. And just get on the right road. He'll bless you today. So Jesus can please. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how we bless this name. We want everyone to thank him. Jesus concludes his discourse, beginning at verse 21. As you look at verse 21, it would appear that he's standing at the gate. Can you put that in your mind? Can you just imagine that at the gate of heaven, there's the Savior, the Lord Jesus, standing at the gate as a greeter into heaven. He's standing at the gate of heaven, greeting those who approach. But notice, notice now the requirement for entrance. It's almost like when you get on an airplane. Me and Dr. Blocker were talking about briefly. He's going, he and the family going on a holiday. And, but you see, you can't go just to the ends of our country. And it's all good. He's going on an airplane over there. Amen. And y'all ask him what that is. He'll tell you. But he has to have a passport. In order to get to heaven, you've got to have a passport. And it's not written by anybody in our government. Thank God. But it's a passport that we get immediately from God when you give your life to Christ. So when we go on this narrow road and we get to the gate, the Lord can see that we have the passport into heaven. And so it appears that he's standing at this gate. But notice the requirement for entrance into the kingdom. Only those, only those who has fulfilled the Father's will or granted entrance. And it says this, Jesus says this, no one comes to the Father except by me. We can't sneak into the gate. You can't go in through the window. Can't get in the back door. There's no alarm on heaven. But Jesus is at the gate. If you ain't got your passport that I'm saved, sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, then it's not happening for you. So he says that through John in 14.6, and in verse 22, Jesus seems to speak of a future event. As he says, many, many will say to me in that day. He's talking eschatology. He's talking about end times. But my friends, today can be end times. If you pass away today, it's the end time for you. He's still talking future, but it's also present. And he says it again. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, listen to this. Have we not prophesied in your name? Here come them false folk again. Have we not cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? I, I was confused by that as I kept reading, but I began to understand by the Spirit of the Lord that, that people are doing it right now 
And I don't know, but, but God is allowing to happen that they may do these things, but they're not doing it for God. They're doing it for themselves. Listen again. Then we do all these things, prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name. And I can see them and hear them saying, well, why can't we get to heaven? Because you didn't do it for me. So Luke lays it out in 646. But why, Jesus says, do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I say? Think about that in its simplicity. It's simple. Love one another if you're a child of God. It don't say do unto others before they do you. It's, it don't say that at all. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. They may not do it. <clears throat> People will cheat you. You think that they, they were Christians. They may be. But God didn't tell them to cheat you. He much rather for us to give it to them and then give the rest to him. He'll work it out. Had an ex experience like that yesterday. His reply to those who prophesied in his name, to those who cast out demons in his name, and to those who did wonders in his name. I never knew you, he says. Get away. Depart from me, you that work, you evildoers. What would Jesus say to you if you just happened to get to the gate? Will he say, well done, good and faithful servant? That means you got the right passport. Or will he say, depart from me, you that practice lawlessness. Your passport is faulty. Beloved, you who know Christ as Savior and Lord, continue. Continue, my friends. Stay with God. Continue to love him. As it says in the Hebrew Shemin, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit. That's complete. That is continuous. Even when you don't feel like loving God, you've got to love him. We don't feel like thinking about God. You've got to think about him. Even when things just totally haywire in your life and look like God is going on vacation to Barbados. But he's not. The Bible has declared that he's right there with us. Right now. Never to leave us. Never, ever, ever, ever. Don't let the enemy wildcap you. Beloved, you who know Christ as Savior and Lord, continue to love him. Now, you that are online and those that are with us this morning, to those of you, whether those places or not, do not, I, I beseech you, beg you, do not continue down the broad and wide road. You know, that's why they call it Broadway. Kind of famous words and songs and all that down Broadway. But Broadway where everybody else is going. You want to be on the narrow way. He says, turn now while you have a chance. To do so. Turn because the narrow road leads to life. The question is, do you want life or do you want death? I don't mean just death leaving the earth. The Bible declares that we shall all do that. But after that, it's destruction or it's life. Do you want life in the Lord? I repeat the Lord's words from John 14, 6. No one comes to the Father, Jesus says, except by me. So if you continue to follow the customs, par patterns, and morals of this world without repentance, you will die in your sins. But trust Jesus Christ today for that narrow road that leads to eternal life.
and I beg you, come. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again, and we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.